This is Chapter 45 of Sketches New and Old. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sketches New and Old by Mark Twain. Chapter 45 The Petrified Man. Now, to show how really hard it is to foist a moral or a truth upon an unsuspecting public through a burlesque without entirely and absurdly missing one's mark, I will here set down two experiences of my own in this thing. In the fall of 1862, in Nevada and California, the people got to running wild about extraordinary petrifactions and other natural marvels. One could scarcely pick up a paper without finding in it one or two glorified discoveries of this kind. The mania was becoming a little ridiculous. I was a brand-new local editor in Virginia City, and I felt called upon to destroy this growing evil. We all have our benignant, fatherly moods at one time or another, I suppose. I chose to kill the petrifaction mania with a delicate, a very delicate satire. But maybe it was altogether too delicate, for nobody ever perceived the satire part of it at all. I put my scheme in the shape of the discovery of a remarkably petrified man. I had had a temporary falling out with Mr. Blank, the new coroner and justice of the peace of Humboldt, and thought I might as well touch him up a little at the same time and make him ridiculous, and thus combine pleasure with business. So I told, in patient, belief-compelling detail, all about the finding of a petrified man at Gravely Ford, exactly a hundred and twenty miles over a breakneck mountain trail from where blank lived. How all the savants of the immediate neighborhood had been to examine it, it was notorious that there was not a living creature within fifty miles of there except a few starving Indians, some crippled grasshoppers, and four or five buzzards out of meat and too feeble to get away. How those savants all pronounced the petrified man to have been in a state of complete petrifaction for over ten generations, and then— with a seriousness that I ought to have been ashamed to assume, I stated that as soon as Mr. Blank heard the news, he summoned a jury, mounted his mule, and posted off, with noble reverence for official duty, on that awful five days' journey, through alkali, sagebrush, peril of body, and imminent starvation, to hold an inquest on this man that had been dead and turned to everlasting stone for more than three hundred years. And then, my hand being in, so to speak, I went on, with the same unflinching gravity, to state that the jury returned a verdict that deceased came to his death from protracted exposure. This only moved me to higher flights of imagination, and I said that the jury, with that charity so characteristic of pioneers, then dug a grave, and were about to give the petrified man Christian burial, when they found that for ages a limestone sediment had been trickling down the face of the stone against which he was sitting, and this stuff had run under him and cemented him fast to the bedrock, that the jury—they were all silver-miners—canvassed the difficulty a moment, and then got out their powder and fuse, and proceeded to drill a hole under him in order to blast him from his position, when Mr. Blank— with that delicacy so characteristic of him forbade them, observing that it would be little less than sacrilege to do such a thing. From beginning to end the petrified man's squib was a string of roaring absurdities, albeit they were told with an unfair pretense of truth that even imposed upon me to some extent, and I was in some danger of believing in my own fraud. But I really had no desire to deceive anybody, and no expectation of doing it. 
I depended on the way the petrified man was sitting to explain to the public that he was a swindle. Yet I purposely mixed that up with other things, hoping to make it obscure. And I did. I would describe the position of one foot, and then say his right thumb was against the side of his nose, then talk about his other foot, and presently come back and say the fingers of his right hand were spread apart, then talk about the back of his head a little, and return and say the left thumb was hooked into the right little finger, then ramble off about something else, and by and by drift back again and remark that the fingers of the left hand were spread like those of the right. But I was too ingenious. I mixed it up rather too much, and so all that description of the attitude, as a key to the humbuggery of the article, was entirely lost for nobody but me ever discovered and comprehended the peculiar and suggestive position of the petrified man's hands. As a satire on the petrifaction mania, or anything else, my petrified man was a disheartening failure, for everybody received him in innocent good faith, and I was stunned to see the creature I had begotten to pull down the wonder business with, and bring derision upon it, calmly exalted to the grand chief place in the list of the genuine marvels our Nevada had produced. I was so disappointed at the curious miscarriage of my scheme that at first I was angry, and did not like to think about it. But by and by, when the exchanges began to come in with the petrified man copied and guilelessly glorified, I began to feel a soothing secret satisfaction and as my gentleman's field of travels broadened, and by the exchanges I saw that he steadily and implacably penetrated territory after territory, state after state, and land after land, till he swept the great globe and culminated in sublime and unimpeached legitimacy in the august London Lancet, my cup was full, and I said I was glad I had done it. I think that for about eleven months, as nearly as I can remember, Mr. Blank's daily mail-bag continued to be swollen by the addition of half a bushel of newspapers, hailing from many climes with the petrified man in them, marked around with a prominent belt of ink. I sent them to him. I did it for spite, not for fun. He used to shovel them into his backyard and curse, and every day during all those months the miners, his constituents, for miners never quit joking a person when they get started, would call on him and ask if he could tell them where they could get hold of a paper with the petrified man in it. He could have accommodated a continent with them. I hated blank in those days, and these things pacified me and pleased me. I could not have gotten more real comfort out of him without killing him. End of chapter 45